Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. It's a beautiful autumn day out there, gardening friends. Good morning to you all. We're all here. The team is ready. We've got Bev, John, Faye and Ray. We're all rearing to go, 94841927. And you can email us. We do have our own special little email address, gardening at curtainfm.com.au. Alan Simons kicked off the morning in excellent form, as always, with his clever wit. And music selections. Loved hearing the song Romeo this morning. I, I know the words, Fayacaro, but I thought, how do I know this song? And then he he, he mentioned uh, when it was actually issued and I thought, ah, yes, took, took me back. Good on you, Alan. And uh, Peter Kelly looked after things on the other side of the glass there uh, all morning. So thank you both very much, boys. And our cycling DJ, Jim Crinan, wrapped up the breakfast show with his cycling update just now. Jim returns next week. Faye Akaro. Good morning, Ray. How's it? How is it all? It's all very good. What a week! How was that rain? Oh, <gasps> just wonderful. Just oh, wonderful. Big change out there. Yes, yes, yes. There is, and it's in the air. And oh well, I couldn't believe yesterday. I was out walking the dog yesterday afternoon, and I had to put a sleeve on. You know, it was quite. It was fresh, is the word mm. I'm using. Yes. So, but of course, we're hitting twenty sevens and twenty eights over the weekend and going into next week. So. Yeah, short-lived, but I'll take it. It's it's there is the leaves are changing, leaves are falling already off trees. There's an in, different feel out there, which mm. I personally absolutely love. Oh, you know, the downside is the weeds are going to be on their way, marching, <laughs> marching on. So yeah. time, don't wait till yeah. they're knee high. Yeah. Start working pounce, now. Pounce them now. Tackle little sections of garden. Go through and make you well. Tidy up your plants. Give it a little tr- trim and tickle. Give it a feed. Yeah. Look at the soil. See what's happening. See if that water did in fact get in there. Get in. If it didn't, maybe it's time to put on a bit of wetting agent again. Yeah. Because yeah. they do need to be reapplied to work. Yeah, so but let's it, yeah let's that's make an them interesting point. Well. I think that a lot of people apply it once and think, yes, I've done that. Well, you would think if something worked, it, it stayed around, it first, first but going. no, it's not mm. the case. You really have to keep on top of it mm. and and actually check. If you've got a lot of organic matter in the soil and earthworm activity, you know, yeah. maybe that's holding it together. But mm. as as the uh, organics break down and you're left with soil sand again, yeah. uh, then it's time to reapply. Yeah, and we need to grab every drop. That mm. we can get between now and the end of this year. So yeah, prep prep your gardens, folks. That's the tip from Fayakaro. Well, it was sixteen weeks since we had our last good drop of rain, right? Oh, yes, that's oh, a yes. long Things time between a, drinks. Thing, it very long time between drinks. Mm. Things were rather dusty out there. So mm. that's what I love to think. The leaves are getting a wash. 
Absolutely. We're all getting the wash, the houses, yeah, so... The gutters. Been, yeah, exactly. Now, we're chatting with Jennifer Egerton Warburton today from Lucinda's Everlastings. We're talking Everlastings because now is the time to plant. And we have five bags to give away this morning of Everlasting Seeds. Jennifer will be sending them directly to you. Uh, and we have our vouchers from Green Life Soil Co, $75 gift voucher. And we also have a $75 gift voucher from Picker Trees up in Pickering Brook. So we've got lots of goodies to give away on the show today. We're going to be covering emails. We want to take your calls uh, this morning and really get stuck into whatever subject uh, tickles you out there, whatever you need to know. And, of course, next week, next on Easter Saturday, we won't be here on Easter Saturday. I'll mention that a few times throughout the program just to remind you uh, we will be having that Saturday off, but obviously back the following Saturday. Now, Let's Talk Gardening is sponsored by Garden in a Bag. Free delivery with uh, every purchase of six bags or more. Free delivery with every purchase of six bags or more of their products. Let's go straight out to Victoria Park. Antonio, how are you? Thank you, thank you. Yes, good. Good morning. How can we help you, Antonio? Please, i got a problem with uh, a lot of weeds. Ah. Lawn, that's a buffalo grass. Yes. And this summer, hardly I can a little bit wow, water. I don't bother, you know what I mean? Uh, so I don't feel the best. So I says, so I says I better reuse and see if I can buy some uh, anti-weeds uh, to get ready of them or something, please. There, there certainly are uh, sprays that are different for a buffalo lawn. It's um, a different beast to cooch, so you do have to be careful what you spray it with. I, I would want to have a better understanding of what the weeds are, though, Antonio, just to ensure... Um, well, a weed, a bad grass, that's all. You know, the, the grass, you know, goes up, you know I mean? It, it looks, looks like uh, if it's a wheat or whatever, you know, they grow go high. You know, I mean, if you let them grow, you know, I mean, in winter, mainly when it's raining, Sounds like a lot of water. A winter yeah. grass? Just the yeah. small? Yeah. Okay, Sounds all right. There are also products available, generally from specialist uh, lawn agents, that can prevent weed in lawns. Yeah. So that might be worth your while investigating. Mm. Um, yeah, for in order to treat... Um, lawn going into the winter certainly the the important factors are the type of lawn and the weeds that you're specifically dealing with if they're in there now like are they broadleaf weeds or no, seasonal no, weeds no, at the moment with this water with this little beautiful rain we had yes maybe they're going to start growing up like usually everywhere okay Naturally. all right i mean yes the, the winter weeds it with a lot of rain so, it grows out if you let it go for a month or two, it grows up, you know, I mean, like everywhere, yeah. to be honest with you. Wild grass. Uh, grass. Another um, important factor is to continue mowing. So generally you wouldn't leave your lawn a month between growing. It, I'd uh -huh. say it's probably getting to the the last stages uh, we, where we're getting this warm weather this week, 27 degrees. It's going to be the last chance to get some fertiliser onto your lawn 
but also keep it mowed a little bit high. If you yeah. mow, if you mow lawns too short at this time of year, they won't have the recovery time, and you'll open up the soil, which is where weeds grow. So keep your lawn healthy. Even seaweed products are wonderful uh, to well, to help boost the lawn and yeah. a wetting agent as well. Yeah, at the at the moment, I have I have a person, very good man, who lawn for me, but I haven't done it for two or three for two months or more because it's not there. It's very low. Just they can see the the wild wood dry. Mm. There, you can notice the last time being cut didn't grow whatsoever. The lawn, the the, the the buffalo, if you give it more water, it really, really get greener and get bigger. So in the bother, and as you know now, the water is very expensive too. Yes. You know yes, what I mean? Yes. So I didn't bother, it's just a square one. So the wild, the bad grass, it comes only when a lot of rain. So Antonio, you've got your radio on in the background and it's very hard for us all to listen, including other listeners. It makes it very difficult to understand you, doll. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. yeah. I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, yeah, but, as I said. Yeah, there are, there are specialist products. So if you go to your nursery or hardware yeah. store, you're looking for something that's specific for Buffalo Lawn and there will be a range of products available. What about Barnum? They do not sell it. Yes, they do. Yes, Gar okay. garden centres and hardware stores. Okay, so that means uh, uh, at the moment a lawn cannot because it's none to cut. Because if you go there, only are going to go lower, and as I said, give a chance the more wild uh, seeds, you know, weed to go up. So as I said, let it go out there, but. It's only one or two months' time to do that, isn't it? To, to throw in this anti-weed, that's correct? Well, like I said, there's, there is a product that is a pre-emergent. You would get hold, from, hold of from specialist yeah. suppliers uh, yeah. and, and tradespeople. And the other one is what you can get from your local hardware stores. There, there's okay. just such a range of products. But really, Antonio, you need to keep your lawn mowed. It's it's never a good idea to leave it Let for it just go. two months mm. because... I, the, no, no. Yeah. I mean, in summer, yeah, because I don't give it water. It's like exactly where it is. Okay. It's more drier and uh, the, 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 the buffalo, because buffalo is very tough. Yes, okay. Yep. And I said, I'm not dining, you know, uh, so I let it go. It's still some amount of the grass is there. But what the rain last 36 hours ago, Yes. Uh, it it helped. I, I will see maybe soon in a couple of days, maybe with this water was enough. It, it'll show this wild weed going up maybe, maybe, maybe. I, it, it might be the winter grass that you're talking about. That's correct. Yep. That's the one. That's okay. The, that's the one. Only winter. That's correct. Yes. Thank you for telling me that. That's, 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 that's okay. Well, I hope I hope that's all you need to know. And good luck with that. Thanks, Antonio. Thank so Cheers much. for now. Okay. Nine four eight four one nine two seven is our number. And of course, with the rain that we have had, yeah. um, and the dew that we were getting before that. There are little mushrooms popping up in the lawn. Yeah. And, you know, often people get worried, you know, they're worried that 
uh, the dog's going to eat them or that some kids are going to be worried about yeah, them. Yeah. But fungi is an amazing phenomenon mm. that pops up. When you see the fruiting bodies, the little mushrooms, that's only a little part of the story. Like mm. there's 90% of mm. the fungi lives underground and mm. it's all connected by these threads that talk to each other and and they're very important in the ecosystem. They'll break down organic matter and they're great recyclers. Mm. Often the ones that come up in the lawn, we've got two types, the puff balls mm. that can make fairy rings. Yes, I've seen fairy rings uh, on neighbours' lawns. Mm. Yeah, And the others are little ink caps and they, they disappear very quickly. So unless you're out there first thing in the morning uh, looking at them, they could well be gone by lunchtime. Are fairy rings, is that indicative of a, of a lawn that is not cared for? No, I don't think so, Ray. Okay. It's it's more about what the fungi is feeding on. So mm. often um, where lawns are prepared, there, there might have been organic matter, there might be old trees and uh, bark and roots in the ground, tree trunks mm. that may have just been chopped up and disturbed into the soil and even the garden preparation can have t small uh, chunks of bark. Yeah. And that's the sort mm. of thing that fungi colonise, fungi and slime moulds. Yes, they're one of, your, <laughs> one of your faves, I know. Oh, they're amazing. And we had a great night last night. We went to the Sorrento Bowling Club to listen to Michael Barbaro and uh, he did not let us down. Oh, As it, always, his voice is amazing. He's such a polished entertainer mm. and the song that I think was a highlight for me was his, his version of Tell, mm. which Tom Jones is rather famous for singing, but by golly. Uh, yeah, I think you rivaled Tom Jones, Michael Barber. Oh, yeah. and Roy Orbison yeah. and Elvis, Elvis Presley. Presley. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, wishing uh, you all the best with your dad who is unwell at the moment. So you are in our thoughts, Squire. Take care of you and thank you for a cracker night last night. We had a ball, didn't we? Oh, we made use of that dance Gets floor. us all late to bed, but hey, you only live once, right? For sure. Okay. And you can email us this morning by going to gardening at curtainfm.com.au. We do have a lot of emails to get through. We're really looking forward to speaking to you this morning and giving you uh, more time than we sometimes can. Last week was extraordinarily was a, busy and we was, just didn't get to the emails. Didn't get to everything. Okay. Mm. So th this one came in uh, 11th March, Ray, and it's from John from Guildford. And he said um, he, he referred to a tree communication chat yeah. that we had some weeks ago. And he said there's a wonderful book on the subject of communication between trees. The Hidden Life of Trees by German forester Peter Wallaben. And really worth a read. You will never walk in the bush the same way again after reading. And I happened to have picked up this book, book this week, Ray. So when I got home last night, I read a few pages and can't wait to get the stuck right life into of it. Trees. And I think that will be extremely interesting. So thanks, thanks for that, and I look forward to updating you with more information. Yeah, Good no. suggestion, thanks, John. No, I love that. All right, we're in Bunbury talking about grapes. John, hi. Yeah. How are you going? G'day. Yeah. Well, firstly, I'll just explain this to the other lady out there. Um, I have a. I have a possum living in my rib. I'm very. I, I, I'm not unhappy about him. No. 
But I've got two grapevines out here. Um, one is an Italian, it's called an Italian, it's a uh, yes. musket, which I, and the other one is a ladyfinger one. Well, the ladyfinger one looks bloody terrible. It's, it looks sort of scrawny and the drapes have all dried up. And, you know, well, naturally this time of year. But the point is that it's lost, lost most of its leaves. And all I can think of is that if I prune it back, uh, not now, but in six weeks' time, and then spray it with um, bloody... Uh, I'm getting old. Bloody... I should know... A, a um, copper spray or a fungus yeah, spray? Copper, mm. copper, um, copper, what's... Uh, Is that oxychloride? No, what, one of the copper sprays, there's a few yeah, around. One yeah, just spray the stems and that to try and kill whatever it is. But, but I thought maybe the possum was doing it. Well, eating the leaves, do you think? Well, it could have been, yeah. Because well... Mm, depending on the possum, I, I would have thought they would be fruit eaters myself. Uh, yeah, but not, the, not the leaves, I see. No, I think your leaves, um, when the cold weather comes, the leaves turn. I know mine's still got plenty of leaves on it. So uh, well, have a look at... These have been, these have been t- dropping off for oh, six weeks, eight weeks. Okay. So you yeah, you no, probably got a little cooler climate down there. So and the leaves will be on the ground if they are just dropping from natural oh, leaf are. fall. Yeah. Mm. Sounds like a good yes, plan, John. So you don't think it's the possum? That's what I was. Thinking. I don't Maybe think the, so. You know, I mean, I'm not uh, not unhappy about the possum. He comes comes in over me grapevine, and then he and then he goes uh, uh, down over the toilet down the back of the house. And he camps in there all day until the night time. uh, Well, John, you are blessed to have a possum living at your abode. I think so. I I love him. Oh, good. I sit on the the toilet and he'd go, oh, oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) He'd talk to him about you. Very (laughs) nice. Thank Thank you you for for sharing. sharing. (laughs) Take care, John. Ciao. Bye. Bye. He's a funny man. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, we better go to a break. Curtain Radio. 25 minutes after 8, you are tuned to Let's Talk Gardening with Ray and Faye. You know how we were speaking about the book you were talking about? Yes. There's a there's a documentary that came out a few years ago, Judy Dench, My Passion for Trees. It's a wonderful watch, and a lot mm. of listeners would have already seen it, but it's quite easy to track down. It's absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous. I love Judy Dench, full stop. And, uh, yeah, My Passion for Trees, it came out in 2017. But, gee, it's great to watch. I've seen it on, I think it was ABC at one point, but I'm sure you can access it through a lot of uh, media sources these days. It's uh, just wonderful. You would, you would love it, Faye Curran. Well, I will put that on my list, list Ray, because yeah. sometimes I sit down around midday just See to have you a can spot of it. lunch mm. and I'll tune into YouTube and I'll... Google yeah, find like it. varieties of aroids yeah. or philodendrons. Oh, or, and there's a lot on oh, YouTube, isn't there? I just wish yes. I had more time, but I would not stop watching it. It would become addictive if I start watching that as well. And that's but I what know. I do when I go to bed at night too, so that I can identify the plants 
that I've got. <laughs> mm. I think we've all got some of those, the plants that we've had given to us or a little piece we've picked up somewhere and we're not really sure what it is and, yeah. Well, after last night yeah. and you showing me what your new purchase My is going to be, acquisition, yes. I may have identified a plant that I've Isn't had that... sitting in the garden for 20 years. Yeah, and mm. we're off to an Aroid Society meeting after the show today, aren't we? We're we are. across <laughs> to check that out. That'll be interesting to see what goes on there. So there is an Aroid Society of WA. So aroids are your philodendrons and your zingoniums and your alocasias, epipremnums, yeah, and sing- yeah, yeah, colocasias, yes, and zingoniums. Did you mention that one? Mm. Yeah, you did. And uh, there's one more, monsteras. Yes. Oh my goodness. And what there's a, a few a different monsteras. Very grief. hard to track them down. They are. Uh, I have a laniata. Mm. And yes, um, and of course the the pothos or devil's ivy is also in the family. In the family as well, mm. which I adore. And there's a few of those. So there's your standard green and gold. Yeah. There's a gold leaf one. There's one called Goldilocks. Yeah. There's a lime, and then of course in your philodendrons you've got a lemon lime. You've got Pluto, which is gold, mm. and they really pop when you put them amongst other. Are the yeah, green, greens. deep green leaves. Yeah. And some of them are glossy leaves and some of them are sort and of And the leaf flat. shapes and the lengths and the structure Pleated. and architecture of the leaf. Oh, my goodness. It's just <laughs> once you start, yeah. You know, every day I go out and I, I'm looking for new leaves. I've got a new mm. leaf coming on one of my variegated monsteras at the mm. present moment. Mm. And I've got another one that's come out. 99% green. So I've been looking at it. I've been getting ready, Ray. It's going to get the chop. And I've got my room set up. I've got a little, I needed shelves. So I bought an enclosure and I've got a humidifier and I just need my grow lights. And then I'm going to snip that slippery sucker and try and make more plants from make it. Make more plants from him. Yes. Uh, that's another whole subject, isn't it? Grow tents and mm. creating a room in our house where we can grow things in a spe- special environment. Well, we have to because yeah, the season's do. changing. The, the nights tropical, are getting cooler and plants. some of the rare mm. ones that we've yes, got, yes. they go to sleep in winter. Yeah. Sometimes they don't wake up. Yes. Well, sometimes they wake up late. So I've got a couple of... Of the uh, elephant's ear ones, mm. one's popping up in the compost and one's popping up in the garden. Yeah. Like, yeah. after all this time, seriously? Yeah. They're still there. Mm. Yes. Okay, 94841927. I think I'm going to give something away, actually. Okay. Um, we'll do one of John's quizzes, if we shall. I think that we will go to Green Life Soil. $75 gift voucher to give away. You must be a Curtin FM member, not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. And you need to be talking with Bev with your answer, 94841927. So what could you spend your prize voucher on at Green Life Soil Co? Well, they have an extensive range of products, all in one place, which we love. Mulches, manures, compost, fertilizers, minerals, sand remedy, soil conditioners, and so much more. Join up on their website too and receive your monthly newsletter, which is filled with handy information. It's all free, guys, and it's fabulous information. And Green Life Soil Co., they're not just a soil yard. They are there to help you achieve the garden of your dreams and will provide customised consults, which will assist you in doing just that. Their motto is delivering a greener garden. Now, 
The third caller through with the right answer wins the $75 Green Life Soil Co. voucher, which will be on its way to you this week. True or false? Apples, pears, cherries and strawberries are all members of the rose family. True or false? Apples, pears, cherries and strawberries are all members of the rose family. Give Bev a call if you have the answer on 94841927. And that voucher could be yours. Go shopping at Green Life Soil Co. Mm. Yay. What a great prize. Yeah. Now, Ray, last week after the show, we received an email from Josephine of Kelmscott to ask, the potting mix that we were talking about for Hoyas, can this mix be used for other pot plants? Mm. And on a number of occasions, we've talked about... When you bring home uh, a plant from your local hardware store, often they've been grown mm. in a coir peat and it, it's very fine, it dries out and just becomes rock solid or it can get very wet and, and keeps hold. the root, roots wet, yeah. which at this time of year with cold nights isn't great for a lot of plants. So we we talked about Tim's mix for growing in a growing Hoyas, and it's an epiphyte mix. But it's also good for plants like the philodendrons and aroids, syngoniums, and a lot of your indoor and house plants. So I'll go over that recipe again. Yes, please. It's one bag of premium potting mix, one bag of orchid mix, which is a chunky bark, mm. but it does have quite a few fines in it. The, a bag of charcoal, which you can get from your hardware store as well, and that's a smallish bag. And it's 25 litres of perlite, but you only need half a bag. And this mm. time when I bought it, I bought the biggest perlite I could get. Yeah, just when store I it made, away. When mm. I made up that mix in the wheelbarrow, I actually felt that it was a little bit too fine for my aroids. I'm, I'm after a chunkier mix. So I'm going to tweak my recipe and add two bags of orchid mix. That'll make mm -hmm. it a little bit more chunky. chunky. And so I also add a small tub of slow-release fertiliser, and that makes sure that when I pot it on, there's feeding for six the goodies, months. The goodies mm. are already there. Yeah, exactly. And often, you know, I'm not using a lot of potting mix because I'm not totally repotting the whole plant. I will pull away what I can from the roots and... Then I add the mix only to the next size pot. Yeah. It's it's not over potted. And when the roots start growing out the bottom or it stops holding water, perhaps then at that time more in the warm weather, then I would move on to repotting. Mm -hmm. in, in its entirety. Mm. Yeah. No. Good information. And I would give it a drink of uh, seaweed, seaweed as well. And I, I would I would... Give them a drink as soon as it's done and I would also wet the potting mix so that it's not putting the roots into a dry mix and then shocking them mm. straight away. Mm. Well, that's excellent information for uh, all of us to follow and uh, I try and do something similar myself. Now we do have a winner. We have Gay of Willington. She has won the $75 gift voucher from Green Life Soil Co. Good on you, Gay. That will be on its way to you this week. Let us know what you do with it. The question was, true or false, apples, pears, cherries and strawberries are all members of the Rose family. The answer is true. Compliments of John Glidden, our quiz master. Very, yes. very good. Now, 
would you like me to go into what's on and what's coming up? We may as well. Well, we've got some plant sales coming up. Everyone loves a plant sale. Uh-huh. And this is a date for your diaries, folks. Saturday the 22nd of April from 9 o'clock to 2 o'clock at Lansdale Farm. They're on the corner of Lansdale and Evandale Roads in Darch. Yes. And their tagline is grow with us and link with nature. Mm. And, you know, with this, the rains that we've just had, it signals it's planting time, folks. It's the best time. And one of the best ways to get good results with native plants is to plant tube stocks. So Mm. start thinking about what you're going to add. Do a little bit of homework about what you want. It doesn't have to be necessarily the exact plant type because we all know when we go shopping we see things that take our fancy but just work out whether you're you're looking for a ground cover uh with you're looking for contrast the size of plant that you want so that you can choose something that fits the bill and make a a nice garden and they've got a range of different ones coming out for the first time ray uh they have uh, I know in here, the Shaggy Sundew, Drosera Scorpioides. Yes. Mm. And ask us how to propagate it from Gemma. It's easy at home to grow with the kids. And in seven days, they'll have dozens. Isn't oh, my fascinating? word. Fascinating. Yeah. like to learn more about that. So well, maybe Dean we Martin might have your to. your heart out. Yes, it's right <laughs> up his alley, isn't it? We might have to have a chat with Dave. There's also Coastal Copper Cups, uh, Black Canadia, the. Um, running Postman family, mm-hmm. uh, Adansonia, Camelosium, which of course are the wax flowers. So a, a load of different plants that you will not get elsewhere. You can't access just in your local nursery. So that's definitely one to put into your diary. And you about, yeah? Oh, well, it's school holidays in a week, say, So, you know, Lansdale Farm... It's got farm farm animals there. Go early in the morning, spend a, a fair bit of time there, and take the, your grandies. Kids, yeah, kids will love it. Yeah, yes, I knew that's all... what you were trying to get out. I can read your mind very well. <laughs> I don't need to say anything, Ray. No. <laughs> uh, and there's another date for your diaries here: the seventh of May, the Wanneroo Jundalup Orchid Society. And they are in Swan View, so that's 9 to 3. 7th of May, we'll come back with more information about that closer to the time. And, of course, you've got your usual societies that have meetings right across the month. Tomorrow is the Fern Society, and this month's topic is Dead Easy Ferns or Unkillable Ferns Oh, that sounds like my topic. (laughs) So if you've got one, uh, bring in your specimen tomorrow. They meet around 2 o'clock. At just down the road here, corner of Lay and Downey Streets at the Manning uh, Seniors or Citizens Hall. Anyway, corner of Lay and Downey Streets in Manning. They have a great raffle. Uh, members bring along a small plate to share for afternoon tea, cuppa mm-hmm. afterwards, and plant sales. Like there's ferns coming out of your ears, but sometimes there's the odd aroid or two as well right well i get that feeling you've picked up a few little uh gems yes and yes. i have a few on order that i shall be picking up tomorrow yeah. but they also supply pots and hangers tags because we should all tag and label our pots yes oh mm. yeah guilty as charged i know mm. i've got like mm. i've collected about four bundles of labels and they're all sitting together the yeah. intention is there yeah that's a lot of work and it's time right <laughs> 
I know yeah, it is so time for me. I yeah. just go outside and end up fluffy ground. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Oh, a subject close to my heart. We're in Beckenham. We're talking about bulbs. Oh, no, we're not. I, sorry. Uh, let me just try something. Are you there, Rosa? No, this is Donna. Okay, Donna, go ahead, doll. Oh, so uh, um, I was just going to ask if uh, oh, uh, when's the best time to prune frangipanis and do they have to be pruned every year? No, not at not at all. Um, but the best time to prune them is during the growing season when the sap is flowing. Uh, I would not be doing it in a cold week or when there's rain a- around because you want them to heal heal up so that when oh, the okay. sap's flowing and you make the cut, they heal very quickly. You do- don't really want to get water in um, autumn to well, autumn you can do it, but less so in winter time. And spring and summer would be best. Oh, okay then. And and I don't have to do them every year because no. said if you want them bushy, you have to keep cutting them off every year. Well, you prune to shape and size. So that oh, okay, these gotcha. these are our, our reasons for pruning. But I don't think I would do it now. I would do it ahead of the growing time. Oh, okay then. So if I want them left now, leave them alone. Otherwise, you'll hack them. Um, in about six months from now, would be a good time to to look at them and work out what shape you want. No worries. Thank you, Helen. You're welcome. Cheers. Bye, Donna. Bye. Okay, let's squeeze in. Rosa, got you this time. How are you? You're welcome. Uh, hello. Is it, uh, are you speaking to Rosa? Are you? Yes. Oh, sorry. Um, I've got three pots of um, gladdies and one pot of blue uh, irises. Are they supposed to shoot at this time of the year? Yes, they will. Spring uh, flowering oh, bulbs right. will be getting ready to shoot now. Or your gladdies are... Um, A little bit more to summer. Yeah, they are. But I've got one yeah, shooting. Well, I've got, I've got one shooting. Mm. Oh, look, they're they... shooting, and then I and then my blue irises uh, saw them uh, shooting as well, and I thought, well, I thought, oh gosh, they're wrong time of the year. Oh, look, bulbs just know what they're doing. You just have to go along with it. There's there's nothing Not you, you can, can do, do about it. Mm. Okay, but uh, will I end up losing them if they don't flower or anything like that, or they'll just die off? Well, you shouldn't lose them. Uh... Where are you, Beckenham? It, yeah. It will depend a little bit on the temperature. Like in the the winter time or after they flowered, I would expect them to die down. Um, yeah. The temperature is what will trigger their growing. But if they're growing now and you keep them in an environment that's not going to get too wet, oh, right. as long as they've got roots, they're taking up the moisture, they're going to be in a holding pattern until it's time for them to flower. Yeah, so if they don't flower, just in case they don't flower, can I still, will the um, bulbs be okay? Yes, they will be. So um, if you keep them growing, they will also put out little bulblets. And the flowering that is due to happen will have been stored from last year's food. Okay. Okay, so when a bulb dies down, we leave the foliage on it and we let all that energy go back into the bulb. And yeah, if that's it, what I... And if it's yeah. had good good food, 
mm-hmm. it will be holding a flower mm-hmm. ready to come out at, at the right time. Yeah, because I, I use the slow-release granules. Okay, yes. Yeah, would that be okay? Well, they're good. I always use them as a backup, but I always like to add a little bit of um, liquid fertiliser for flowering and fruiting as well. Is that liquid potassium? Yes, that would be good, but not now because you don't really want to encourage them to flower oh, now, no, but no. springtime. No. Yep. Okay, well, thanks very much. I hope you have a great day. Thanks, Rosa. <laughs> Cheers. Take okay. care. Bye. Thank you. Bye. All right, we shall return. Curtain Radio. You are with Ray and Faye. We get. We were actually talking off air about the uh, Mifcus, the Melbourne Garden Show, which is on now. And Faye was saying it's quite specky. I haven't had a chance to have a look. I've at got it FOMO, yet. Ray. Oh, it's so big bad. Big time. Big time. Mm. Yeah. Next year's our year. <laughs> yeah. Just telling you all, we won't be here. We won't this be time here this next time year. next year. Putting it. Just putting it out there. Uh, I think I'll book now, actually, so that I I'm locked in. I think you have to because yeah. if the Grand Prix is on the same time, Again. this is where I kind of fell down this yeah. year because the bookings went nuts. Yeah, so they did. I'll have to get onto it. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking about a golden orb spider. We're in Rockingham. Dia- that That is interesting. Having a similar problem to what I had a minute ago, so I'm not sure. Let's just sort of wait and see. Are you there, Diane? Yes, I am. Yes. Good morning. How are you, Diane? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. That's and I'm good. listening to the show as usual. <laughs> very interesting. But I have a problem in my backyard at the moment. Oh. I have this massive, I'm not joking, a golden orb spider. I've had one here once before, a couple of years ago. But this one is a big, big spider. And she's spun this very thick web onto one of my shrubs at the back. Yes. And um, two of my daughters won't even go in the backyard anymore. Oh. I don't don't even like going out there. But I don't know what to do. I don't like killing anything. Mm, And have you got any solutions? Mm. Uh, Well, it sounds like the... The orb weaver that spins a golden web, and they are true works of art. And these females can get this web is so thick. Yes, yes, and well done, well done to that spider um, to find a spot where it's not disturbed. Disturbed. If you have a look in the corner of the web, you may actually see the male. Sometimes they're lucky enough to survive mating. And yes, what, I read a bit about it, yeah. So she will also have her cluster of food that's tangled up in the web. Now, when mm-hmm. she lays her that's eggs, she will retract this golden web that she spun to wrap, wrap up her egg sack. And then uh-huh. uh, she will look after it for a short while. But at some point she will die. And later on, this little golden sack will emerge with baby spiders that will so the spider is not there forever diane yeah Mm. no but i have little golden spiders everywhere apparently yes and they 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 won't pose the same type Mm. of problems for more than six months oh okay then Mm. so what 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 would you do just leave her there and I would go out and visit her and uh, just acknowledge the work that she's done. Look at the way the web 
shines in the sunlight. Um, it's amazing. I've never seen a web as thick as this one. Yes. They, and there's quite a few around at the moment. I have a spider that's uh, under a, a patio and she comes out and she spins her web every night. Mm. They just... What sort of spider is that one? It's a garden orb. Oh, garden orb. Mm. And then not so long ago, one night I went on a night hunt and I found a grass orb spider, which is not that common. But when we're we're looking at different habitats and we we perhaps might look at an area that we think is weedy or grassy and the grass is dying down and we think it's not much value, and then we find a spider that is not commonly seen, we start to begin how important all these different habitats are. Yes, well, that's why my daughter got in touch with some agricultural department and ah. asked them all exactly what it was. Oh. And uh, they were amazed at the size of it too. Mm. Oh, that's fantastic. And actually I have a little story about the Ag Department, which is Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development. And yesterday morning at 8 o'clock I had a young man come to my home and he took away some precious cargo, some beetles that I found on my largest gum tree that were under the bark blisters and they were unable to be identified just by a photo. So two specimens are in the hot hands of Andres Zito, who's oh, yes. going to look at them under the microscope. And I understand he's very excited. Oh, mm. well, I, uh, I notice, uh, I watch a lot of nature shows and there's a lot of different sort of things turning up in, in the country uh, at the moment, like and like beetles, uh, other things that we've never seen before. Well, and the the rains that we just had are also a signal for the rain moth to emerge. So people might see the rain moth around in great numbers. And they, they'll come out of the ground and leave behind a pupil case. Um, and you can see where they've kind of chewed their way out of and flown off. So keep a look and out for those. that live on a shrub as well? Well, the moth, mm, moth. I might have to come to that they've been found on the walls of houses um mm-hmm. the signal is for for lots of heavy rain for them to emerge and they kind of all emerge in one night and we've all had a lot of heavy rain at the moment mm, we have all right we must go diane otherwise we could talk all day thank you for that i knew you'd be interested because i know how you love your your nature and i don't like interfering with it Oh, thank you, Diane. Have a great day. Take care, Diane. Bye for now. Bye. Going for a short break, we will be chatting with Margaret, but Katie from Midland phoned in and she thinks the Grand Prix is in Sydney next year. Oh, that that would would dash our hopes. Why? Well... Well, oh, Eddie likes you. to go to... I'm thinking that's smart because they've got... Right now in Melbourne, they've got two major events on mm. at the same time, which, yeah, has made it very hard for accommodation and things like that, or at least I should say the prices have gone through the roof. Mm. Okay. Oh, that, so that's not going to help you. Well, you just have to do a oh. bit of homework and see. Yeah, you can do both. You can do a couple of days at the garden show, jump on a plane and go to Sydney. I assume. Yeah. Have wings will fly. <laughs> have wings will fly. Back shortly. Thank you for your company this morning. You are listening to Let's Talk Gardening. We're heading to Mundaring. Margaret, thanks for waiting. Good morning, girls. Morning. Morning. How are you, Margaret? 
I'm very well, thank you. That's good. I found a, what looks like an insect's eggs outside my kitchen window under the patio. The patio's got just got shade cloth over the top. And <clears throat> these eggs I've never seen before. Tiny, tiny little white sausage shape eggs with pointy ends on the end of a stalk. And the ah. stalk was beige. Yes. The, the little egg was less than two millimetres. It was tiny. Yes. The beige stalks and the stalks were all in identical distance in a straight row. Yes. Yes. Um, so who, uh, who laid those? Well, I would love to tell you who has laid those. And it would be <laughs> one of the lace wings. And oh. the, the lace wings are small... Um, you can get green and brown, and then in the same family, you've also got ant lions. So there's quite a range of them. If you had your inside light on and a door open at night, chances are they would fly in. Now, the the lacewing lays the eggs on a stalk because the young are such voracious predators that if they were laid in a cluster, the first one that hatched out would eat all of the others. Oh. So they actually look like a little earwig. And they patrol plants looking for soft-bodied insects. And when they grab them, they pierce them and they suck the juice out. But they've also got spines on their back. And then they start piling these dead skins on their back. And the reason that they do that, they're also known as the junk bug for that reason, but it's a form of camouflage because if there was a predator around looking for a feed and it looks down and it sees a pile of dead skins, it's going to be left alone. So they will patrol roses. They love to live in alisum. Uh, they will eat aphids, small spiders, anything that's small and soft and pile right. them on their back. Right. Well, they're only three metres away from my rose bushes, so maybe that's why I don't get aphids. Ah, maybe so. Hmm. Very interesting. They're as tough. Look, I mean, the, the the hearth. I was brushing the win, window sill, mm. and the hearth brush never touched them. They were so tough. Mm. That's interesting, isn't it? But anchored yes. with like anchored with cement. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we see them. Oh, just they're everywhere. They're on window sills. They're on furniture. They're on the trunks of trees. Uh, on bark. You name it. And yes, I I just smile when I see them. Fascinating. In fact, I've had them also on my bug hotels, <laughs> which is probably not what you want, but, oh, you know, it's yeah. a cycle of life and it's another another visitor. Yeah. Once the bug hotels have been vacated by a, a, a juvenile, um, are, do, do we need to clean them out or do the, do the, the, the next generation or next family who choose to accommodate them? Well, some... Deal with them the way they are? Yeah, some... You know, when I set up my bug hotels, it's it's open to everyone. And I tend to observe who comes and goes. Sometimes you'll, you'll get a lizard that lives in there. And, of course, that's not great if you're trying to um, promote bees nesting uh, because it, it's an easy feed for a lizard. Uh, yes. Spiders can also move in. Some of the mud-nesting wasps, which are small and solitary, will create a, a series of cells 
And then after they've moved on, there is another, a, a native bee, Hylaeus nubilosus, that will come in and nest in the vacated mud uh. nests, cells. So, oh, it's just a cycle of life. I don't tend to clean mine out as much. They're certainly not as effective as they were in the beginning, but other things do move in, Margaret. So I just keep building bug hotels rather than sort of cleaning them out. In fact, I've got a whole wall of them at the moment. Saving up my bamboos, yes. Mm. And even (laughs) just bundling them in a stem and um, in a bundle bundle the stems and hang them up. And they don't always go in just the front door. They'll come in the back way, they'll go in the side and they will also nest in the gaps between the bamboo. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. And the other day I saw one in a gum nut. So you just never know. Really? (laughs) All right, I better leave it there. (laughs) Oh, we could hang up the gum nuts when they're in a group, a bunch. Oh, for sure. Yep, yeah. and keep watch. All right, thanks for the call, Margaret. Thanks, Bye. Cheers. Now, we do have a call from Rob, but we have to go to the news in about 30 seconds. So, Rob uh, in Belgo, if you could just uh, wait whilst we run the news, uh, we'll talk to you on the other side about your jacaranda tree. How does that sound? And then we'll just ahead of be our interview mm. with Jennifer uh, regarding Everlasting. So, we will uh, progress to the news very, very soon. Is there anything else you needed to add? Oh, just that was lovely chatting about. I all know, Bosfay, you are in your element. We all know. It's 9 a.m. Curtain Radio. And we are back. Okay, we will get to the weather as well shortly just something a little bit all right with all of that because yeah it hasn't sequenced to our weather and so forth i'm not sure but we're going to talk about jacaranda tree instead which is much more exciting rob good morning uh yes good morning don't don't worry about the news no news is good news <laughs> i agree rob um yes uh look with the jacaranda tree uh i noticed something that i thought it was a bit strange this year it, it bloomed um really well, but it bloomed in March. You know, March just gone. Now, mm. aren't they supposed to do this in November or something? Well, they often do, and, and that's they when they flower. have the jacaranda mm. festival, isn't yeah. it? Mm. And they mm. do spot flower. Mm. Yep. Do they? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. But As generally was... speaking, it should be November. Well, gen- generally... They were, later. they were later last year. They too. were later. We we yeah. kind of did have a late start. We had... Mm. we It was wet late. Mm. We had mm-hmm. rain right up until November, I think. Um, mm. And it was... Yeah, it was a late start to summer. And then mm. summer was mild in comparison to the mm. year before. Mm. Such is life, Rob. Indeed. Thank you very much. Okay, you're welcome. Good on you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Okay. And this morning we're going to talk about Everlasting's Ray. And generally we we start to plant them after the rain. So we'll yeah. be talking to Jen. And she's she's got quite an interesting story. We had a lovely chat the other day and she's generously offered to give away five packs of seeds. Which that we will, will do. And it will cover an area of 
about 50 square metres. Which is a, a decent patch, mm. a decent patch. Just getting back to the weather, right now it's 20 degrees, humidity sitting at 73%. Today we are heading for a maximum of 27. It's partly cloudy and the minimum overnight, you can expect it to drop down to 16, which I think is still quite warm. Mostly sunny tomorrow with a maximum of 28. And then over into Monday, again, the minimum will be 16. A sunny day forecast for Monday with a maximum of 28. And just having a look, we've got, yeah, nice sunny days coming ahead for the rest of the week right through to Friday. So it's going to be a lovely week for gardening. Mm. And our rainfall so far for the year is 41.8 mils, which is fabulous, given we had Zippo in January and February. You're looking out the window. What's wrong? Well, I'm just making sure that Bev's We've got getting... Jennifer online. Oh, okay, good. I Such a relax. demanding little monkey you are, <laughs> Fayakara. We are on it. We are all on it. All right. As we were mentioning, we have Jennifer Egerton Warburton online from Lucinda's Everlastings. Hi, Jennifer. You're with Ray and Faye. Oh, right. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited to be speaking to you. <laughs> well, we're very excited to speak to you too, Jem. We had a lovely chat the other day. So I look forward to bringing you to the listeners. Yeah, that'd be fantastic to tell everyone about my little everlasting business. <laughs> now, I was a little unsure uh, when we spoke as to what your name was because the the name of the company, of course, is Lucinda's Everlasting. So how did the name come about? It was one of those businesses that I started um, around about 20 years ago. I was involved with land care and a friend of mine gave me some seed because he was a picker up north supplying native seed to my um, project. Um, and he gave me some seed and it was everlasting. And he just said, see if you can grow this. Yeah. So 20 years on, say five years there, we were a little bit touch and go with whether we continue with it or keep on trying. Um, yeah, but now it's just a really productive business, which brings a lot of joy and a lot of love to everyone. So, and at the same time, my daughter Lucinda was born, which is how oh. the name came about. Oh, yeah, that's wow. lovely. Well, yes, and I did have a daughter um, three years later, Zara, but um, unfortunately, I don't have a wild fair seed for her at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> have to create it. Yes, have to get it all. Yeah. So now yeah. is the time to plant. How do listeners go about it? What do we need to know? Now is the perfect time to plant. We've had a little bit of rain. Mm -hmm. um, you really just got to get the seed and throw it on the ground. Literally. Um, yeah, literally. Um, but if we want to go into technicalities, um, number one, select a site that is well drained, not waterlogged for certain amounts of time during the season. Um, yeah, a sunny location, um, and potentially if the soil is hard and compacted, you might like to do something about that, dig it up with a shovel or um, a rotary hoe always works well. Um, just so the roots, when you put the everlasting seed down, the, they will have no impediments. They will just go straight into the beautiful yeah. fluffy soil. Um, yeah, it, they're really easy to grow. You just kind of sprinkle them on the ground and up they'll come. Do you have to um, hose over the top when you sprinkle them on the ground? Is there anything you need to do when well, you do put them on? To just sprinkle? tell you the truth, if, if you do it just before rain, the rain will sort of push them Handle into the soil. It, yeah. yeah, or else if you want to sprinkle them on the ground, 
you might like to get a rake to rake over them if there's no rain coming or um, you can't get the hose and push them into the soil. Yeah, gotcha. But, um, generally speaking, um, well, me personally, with my crop, um, I just sprinkle it on top of the surface and leave it. So, And the crumbly soil sort of holds the soil up, the seeds into the soil. Um, you don't want them blowing away and taken away by bugs, ants, things like that. So, um, yeah, just before the rain event, just scatter them on the ground and they should they should be absolutely fine. They're very easy. And say, uh, you know, say in Perth with the warm weather, they come up within a few days and sort of get their roots down and mm. they're happy and once they're... Um, embedded in the ground, you sort of just leave them and forget about them for the rest of the season. So if we do this soon, uh, when would we expect flowers? Is it early spring? Or? I, would say, I would say if you plant them in April, you should get flowers in mid-July um, and through August and ah, definitely so late September. Winter. Well, yeah, just if you plant them earlier, you yeah, get you're going flowers to get... earlier. Uh, I mean, when I say they start flowering in July, um, you get scattered flowers in the field. Sure, sure. But when it gets later into, into the season, you certainly get more flowers. And, yeah, they flower for a long period of time. That so was my next question. 12, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so say you plant early. You can, you can plant anywhere up to July, to tell you the truth. The later you sow them, the later the flowers will come on. But if you sow them about now because it's perfect, you've had beautiful rain. We're the only ones in the state, I think, in Kojanup that hasn't had any rain whatsoever. Oh, really? So we're waiting for our, no, we haven't had any rain, so um, that's okay. Um, we'll get it. Um, so basically, if people sow now, um, I'm just a bit concerned about saying sow now because some people may have a site that is a little bit weedy. You've got yeah. to wait for the weeds to come up and remove them if you've got a weedy site. If you don't have a weedy site, go for it. Put the everlastings down. But if you do, I would wait for the rain, wait 10 days after the rain and control the germinating weeds then and then plant your everlasting. Mm. And if, if you have a bit more of a weed burden, then you can do that a few times. And even if you tickle up the ground first, Mm. That encourages weeds to germinate oh, and you get oh. more of a weed control. That's what we do with our everlasting crop. I'm just copying what I'm doing for the everlasting crop in the paddock. Um, so, yeah, you just got to get hold of weeds because everlasting are not competitive They at won't all. compete, yeah. No, no, which is why they're not an environmental weed. So you mm. don't want to have a weed burden. If you have a beautiful site from the word go, your stand, they're called seven-year daisies. I'm not sure they last seven years um, productively because ants and bees and take them away. But generally, if you have a really good site from when you plant them, they should last four or five years and you don't have to replace the seed. Wow. They're self-seeding. So one flower produces lots of seed and it falls on the ground and comes up the following season. So it's really cheap. You buy a packet and it lasts for five years. You do have to come back to me eventually and buy another packet to refresh. But, yeah, you can actually collect your own seed at the end of the season. It's very easy. When they're about to drop on the ground, grab something and put it underneath them and collect them, and then Seeds. you can re you can transplant them in your garden. And 
yeah, it's an easy process. So, Are there any uh, pest issues we need to know about? Uh, yes, if you've got a problem with snails. Ah, yes, I do. Um, snails are the nemesis to everlastings. Oh. Um, before you even know it and they're out of the ground, oh, they're really? gone. And yeah. people think, oh, my seed didn't work this year. Oh, <laughs> but, it's true. Um, the seed is 100% germination rate, but you don't even know they've come up and they're already gone. So just be mm. careful of snails. You might like, on my website, it's everlasting.com.au. I've got a, a little blog talking about what to do about snails. And ah. I'm sure your local garden centres would be able to tell you exactly how to um, cope with pests. But, um, yeah, snails are the biggest problem. I so you've see. got to prepare for snails beforehand. So, What about feeding and fertilising, Jen? They grow up north in desert. They don't need anything. So, but having said that, we do spray our well, not spray. We do spread fertilizers on our on our crops, just so the flowers are bigger and happier. And they're amazing flowers as they are. But if you want a really big head or really tall or things like that, you you can put fertilizer down and it makes a huge difference it makes the flowers brighter and it's yeah they're lovely as well but they can make do because they're used to being desert type plants with no fertilizer so so yeah you if you want to put the fertilizer on great so i would imagine like in my case i'd probably throw down some slow release fertilizer when i yep. plant them just so there's a backup and and something there yep. Yeah, perfect. It doesn't matter or it does matter. The flowers are still going to be beautiful, magnificent, however you go. But if you want to do that extra little bit and have some maintenance um, and put some, dare I say, effort into them, yeah. um, just put some fertilizer. Do, do whatever you do. And I no doubt your soils are already amazing. Um, so, yeah, you can do the fertilizer thing if you want, but it doesn't really matter. Yep. One of those plants, if you've got an area in your garden that's dull and boring and nothing there or needs some bright colors or underneath a rose bush or native plants, you've got an area, just throw them down and they come up and the following year they'll come up twice as thick. So, yeah, if you do want to put fertilizer on, that's great. But if you don't, if you don't have time or have access to fertilizer mm. at the right times, just don't worry about it. They'll still grow. They'll still be amazing. So, And I imagine that your paddocks must look extraordinary in springtime. Yeah. Our paddocks are amazing. Mm. However, we live in the middle of nowhere and no one gets oh. to see them. Oh. <laughs> We've got four hectares. Um, we're 50 k's from the closest town, and um, yeah, we don't really have that many visitors out to our farm, which is why um, I opened the paddock up um, to donate money to charity. Good on you. When they are flowering, so generally it's late August till October. I let people come and have a look at the crop and they can just do whatever they like. They can run in it, bring their dogs. They really? Can as many they want. Oh. I don't care. It's absolutely fine as long as they donate to charity and they might like to buy some packets. 
um, they mm. can donate that money too to charity. That's all I do that time of well, year. Well, I'd like you to tell the listeners about the amazing long table lunch that you had and why you did oh, it. Yeah. Yes, yes. So we've done two now. Um, the first one was four years ago and it raised money for MS. And this, the last one was the end of last year, or the end of the year, 2021, mm. um, where we raised money for Breast Cancer Care WA. I just thought we've got all these beautiful everlastings. People need to come to us and see them. So I Enjoy them. Yeah, it was incredible. So we had a long table lunch and canapes and champagne in the flowers, which oh, was incredible. Heaven. And we raised so much. We raised over $35,000. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. Well, and it's a, a personal journey for you, isn't it? Yes, yes, because I've had MS for 23 years or something like that. So I thought I'll raise some money for MS for the first one and um, and – which I'm coping well with the MS, but then I got breast cancer a few years ago or a couple of years ago, mm. um, and I thought I'd just finished chemo, and I thought, what am I going to do? So after I um, finished all my treatments, I decided to keep my mind off the whole process of going through the cancer and what by organising a fundraiser. So and that was so successful and. Um, it's just incredible to give back to Breast Cancer Care WA because they did so much for me over that time of having to go through all that. It's so, really inspiring of you, yeah. Jennifer. So yeah, we admire amazing. you so much. Yeah. So we still do do fundraisers with our packets in schools and clubs and things like that, but um, not. I'm not going to do it again because it means I've got another disease. So oh, oh good heavens. Yeah. No more yeah. fundraising. Gotcha. No my, my project at the moment um, to also give back to people is I'm working on a project to um, improve the streetscapes in country towns. So we want to get yeah. city people out to the country mm-hmm. and we're creating a gold, we're working with Australia's Golden Outback and we're doing an everlasting trail. It's um, in combination with um, a, an artist painting on dunnies. So we're starting from Woburn and going right down through Perendry and Wongan Hills and up to Gamaling where we're encouraging city people to come out into the country. Um, it doesn't really matter that we've created that trial along that route. Every country town can have their own beautiful streetscapes. It's just when people come out to the country, we want to be proud of our country towns and the gardens and medium strips. And So I'm just trying to, at the moment, get the everlastings out into the yeah. country towns for people to enjoy when they do come out and visit our country towns from I the city. Can, I can see it. I can mm. see that picture mm. now. Yeah. Wow. And we have a question yeah, for you, Jennifer, from yeah. one of our listeners. Uh, she's Rosemary's wanting to know if everlasting seeds can be planted in a small garden or just large areas and paddocks. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. There's little 10 grand packets. If you're planting in a pot plant... All you need to do is grab a pinch from that small packet and put it in the pot plant. You don't want too many seeds in a pot plant. Otherwise, they they get tangled up and they grow, grow too thick. So, yeah, um, absolutely, you can grow it in small areas or 
large areas. And, and pots? My smallest packet was 10, meter, 10 grams, which means it's 10 metres squared, but you can halve it and give it to your friends. Yeah. Making it smaller. And when everlastings die down, do they disappear into the ground? What happens? Good question. They're so ugly when they do die down. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what you can do when the seed starts falling onto the ground, just don't harvest the seed too early. If you harvest it too early, the seed won't be viable. So harvest it when it starts spewing over the edge of the flower. flower. Um, and then just you can actually mow over it with a lawnmower or whatever you want to do. Pull the stalks out, whatever you want, because you don't want that eyesore. Mm. Um, in your garden, <laughs> there's sticky things and there's flowers. And, yeah, just get rid of it um, after the seed has dropped to the ground or you've collected it to move to other areas in the garden. So yeah. Yeah, you can grow the plants over the top of them, whatever you want to do. They'll come up the next year through the other plants or around them or they're very easy to move within a garden. You can sort of rake them and they they can, you know, you can make an area. Oh, very versatile are. little scallywags. <laughs> Jennifer, yes, they thank, are. They're very hardy. Thank you so much. You have inspired no us on uh, more than just one level and I think no we're all going worries. to be rushing out to get some everlasting seeds this weekend and very yes. generous of you. We're giving away five 45-gram bags this morning, uh, which cover up to 50 square metres of your everlasting seeds. We're going to be doing that shortly. Yeah, don't forget you can take some seed out and give it to a friend or exactly. go down to your local nursery. Don't, I don't sell it the big green shed, mm-hmm. but I do sell it our beautiful garden centres and online as well. So. Of course, and that's everlastings.com.au. Thanks, Perfect. Jen. Thank it's been so great much. talking to you. Thank go, you so go much. well. Take care. Okay, bye. Cheers. Bye. And that was Jennifer Egerton Warburton from Lucinda's Everlastings. Now I can see we've got some calls, Jim and Des. We will be with you very soon. Curtain Radio in Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Straight out to the lines. We're talking about an olive tree. Jim, good morning. Good morning. How are you? We're very good, great. thanks. Thank you. Um, I've got a um, an olive tree. It's been established for about three years uh, in a in a half a wine barrel, and I've noticed the leaves are starting to die on it. Uh, and I found out that the reticulation popped in the garden, and it was getting uh, too much water. Right. Okay. So what do I? How do I get it back? Bring it back to life. Ooh. Well, if it's not too far gone, uh, watering. Um, First of all, you might have to take it out of the barrel. Uh, are you yeah. able to put it in the ground? Would you consider yeah, that? My, yeah, my brother-in-law's got a, a house around a corner in Floriet and uh, he said there's a space there. I thought that might be the best way to put it in the ground. Let it yes, yes. They, the look, they're very hardy. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably the sooner you do it, the better. Um, they will grow in very sandy soils. In fact, they're yeah. sort of turning up as weeds in our bushland for that reason being a mediterranean style plant um so hopefully you've got it early enough but yeah the sooner you can get it out of the pot and into the ground the the better chance it will have and can i do it now yes yes okay because i've got one of the one of the branches and i just broke it and it's green inside you'll be fine then okay thanks very much ladies and good show all right thanks jim and bye. bye 
We're heading to Mundaring, talking about an old orchard, the undergrowth. Des, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Uh, I've got about uh, 23 trees, mixed orchard, citrus, apricot, pears, apples, mangoes, all that sort of thing. And I keep the area around the trees well fed with mulch, but the uh, rest of the block... Uh, get keeps getting weeds, and of course I'm constantly mm. snipping and lawn mowing. I'm look, someone said to me if I got dichondra ground cover, I could put in just to uh, hold the soil and maybe choke out other weeds. Is I that d- possible? I, I think dichondra is too low growing to be much competition to a lot of weeds. I think the weeds would take over. I think you could grow a low cover crop. Uh, a ground cover type crop, but something sort of 10 to 15 centimetres and something that will die down and will and compete with weeds. So something like a green manure crop, you could sprinkle seeds through and you could mow them and that would help improve the soil as well. All oh, right. I didn't want to use the soil. I just wanted to cover it with something to uh, stop the weeds. But, yeah, um... so something that you choose to grow... Uh, like, like herbs, um, annual herbs, green, oh, right. greens, yeah. etc. Yeah. Oh well, I just thought the dichondra might choke everything else out, but I, I'm not familiar with it anyway. Well, dichondra okay, is it's very shallow, and I, if it yeah. didn't establish, and even if it did, I think your weeds would be stronger competition. I, I have it as as a ground cover mm. and weeds it and cooch pop through it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I'll have to think of something else. A bit um, of concrete, prep. Well, I mean, also flowers. Like if you threw some, some flower seeds amongst it, like often in orchards, I remember going to one many years ago and they actually did have something growing. Um, and if it's something that you choose, it becomes not a weed as such, but you you then still can mow it down and it improves the soil. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, well, thank you very much. I'll have to think of uh, something other than dichondra. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think. You know, in in some areas, um, like a sweet potato grows very well, and then you can harvest the tubers. That's probably not exactly what you'd want, but something along those lines because it makes a great cover. It will grow up tall enough to smother out some of the little weeds, and will give you a crop as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to make any more work for myself. 23 tr- fruit trees is quite a lot of work. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, all right, well, maybe maybe some of our listeners have got some options. I was just thinking like a green, um, a, a ground cover, a living ground cover. Yes, yeah, mm. that's what I thought it would be. But uh, anyway, I'll just uh, keep uh, looking around. Thank you very much. Mm. Okay, good luck, Thanks, Des. And Alan of Bertram has phoned in and he grows a lot of pink and white daisies and he collects the seeds uh, and he, before they blow over the whole neighbourhood. Think That's a great move, Alan. He has a bag of seeds, if any listeners, start again, Raylene, if any listeners would like some. 
Uh, we do have his phone number, so he has a whole bag of pink and white daisy seeds. Uh, he's in Bertram, and uh, we have his number if you would be interested in those. So oh, give, lovely, give Alan. Give a call. And Jasmine's tip from Safety Bay, when spreading everlasting seeds, they may need to be covered with slightly raised mesh as the doves love the seeds. <laughs> so do the bandicoots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, let's head to Middle Swan. We're talking about roses. Maria, hi. Oh, yes, good morning, Faye. Good morning, Ray. Good morning. morning. I want to try and um, graft a standard rose. But I've got some shoots coming out of the roast, which is the wild stock, and I'm waiting for them to be what time of the year to cut them back and then stick them in the ground so they all so I can make the root stock. Uh, is it too early yet? Ooh, I think they do their budding in the summer times. Would that be right, Ray? Yeah, but I, well, I wanted to grow the, the, the strike the cutting first. You know, I wanted a long cutting. I've been doing short okay. cuttings and they, they, they strike quite well. But when I do a long cutting, it doesn't come. It dies. Is there any tricks to it? Do you get a long cutting, you know, so I could do it onto a, like a standard? Mm. Uh, not my not my specialty, I'm afraid, Maria. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is done done over summer. But I would redirect you to Melville Rose Nursery and speak to the guys there if you want to, Maria, because this is what they do. They did mm. a standard for me. Pretty sure they did it over summer. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the grafting is not a problem for me. I could do that. Yeah. But he's trying to strike the cutting, a long cutting. You know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if it's a particular variety that it has to be. I'm a bit out of my depth here, Marie. I can't. Mm. I can't help you. I'm sorry. That is oh, okay, the extent of my knowledge. But can we redirect you to Melville Rose Nursery? Have a chat with Bob. It's Rob. There I go again. Rob yeah. and Katie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm, I know they'll help you out. They're good mates of ours. Okay. Oh, so uh, I'll just find their number and I'll ring them. Or... Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay then. I might that because I've been trying so hard, like cutting those stems right about June, the light, nice long stem, you know, about yes. two or three feet tall, and stick them in a pot and well protected, but no, they just keep dying. The little short ones, they t they come, but the tall ones, they don't come. They mm. just die, yeah. So I don't know whether I'm – I tried to put them in a um, PVC pipe and cover them all up and just mm. leave a little bit. Um, no, nah, they still died. <laughs> so, yeah, so it must be very trick that it's a, a good trick for them to do it. <laughs> mm, well, they, they're the they've specialised in it the over many years. You can Google them very mm. easily, Maria. Yeah, but I haven't been able to Google the, the, to do the long standard ones. So, you know, I Google the short ones and they, that's all yeah, they um, Google yeah. Melville Rose Nursery and oh, give okay, the guys a call. Great. Okay, thank All you. All right. Okay, let us know how you go. I will. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers. Take care. Now, we have five 50-gram bags, so it's a correction. They're 50-gram bags of Everlasting Seeds to give away, compliments of Lucinda's Everlasting Seeds. We just spoke to Jennifer a moment ago. Five bags to give away. We're going to make it open to everybody. Uh, they're valued at $45 each bag. 
and uh, we will pass on the details and Jennifer is kindly going to mail the seeds directly to you. So we'll make it open to everyone. Just give Bev a call uh, right now on 94841927. So lots of prizes being given away on the show today. $375 worth of goodies uh, being given away today from Let's Talk Gardening. Compliments of... Uh, Certainly, Jennifer at Lucinda's Everlastings and Bigger Trees and Green Life Soil Co. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Right. And last week, because we had such a busy show with, <laughs> with two guests in the studio as well, uh, we didn't get back to answer the query when one of our listeners rang in and asked about what to do with gum leaves, right? Yes. And so I thought I would give my tips, uh, of which I have many gum leaves at the moment. Mm, and so you're an for, expert in gum well, leaves. <laughs> I've I've adapted a few um, solutions. So weekly I could be filling up two green bins and just yeah. shipping them off site yeah. as a way of managing and, and one of the easiest ways. Another one um, was to suck them up. I actually bought, to do the gutters, a blower sucker. I know. And that would actually mulch the leaves. And so when you're mulching the leaves, you've actually got less volume to deal with and Mm, and move mm. away. So I would suck them all up and then put them into a black bin. And then following on from that, composting them in, in different ways. So I have... Two big bays that are made with, they were cover sheets, so six foot lengths of um, colour bond sheets, so they make up bays. And I layer everything from weeds to um, dead pots, you know, so old potting mix, and green leaves, brown leaves, gum leaves, all shredded up, and they go into a pile. I've then got a corkscrew, so I'll sort of turn that over. I'll put in the lawn clippings as well. And water that, and that sort of aerates and turns it over, and that just sits there for months and months until it's broken down, and then I I go to the next one type thing, uh, a compost tumbler, yeah, and that is one of the quickest ways. So once again, if they're shredded, they're it's smaller, they break down quicker. Process. So you need the heat and you need the moisture. So mm. you can also throw in chicken manure, etc., um, and tumble that for two weeks, turning it every day for two weeks and you will end up with a to some extent broken down mix and that can be thrown on the garden as a mulch compost etc and it will continue to break down could you use an accelerator you can yes as well yes Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. and you can grow yarrow and throw that into your compost as well Uh, i also have a worm farm in a bathtub And so I will put a a layer of the shredded leaves on top Mm. of that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it takes a long time to break down, but it's Mm. organic, so it will Mm. happen. Mm. And particularly if I put a lot of um, kitchen scraps in there, it's a nice way to to cover off the top and make it a bit dry. And uh, then the other thing is coming into the cooler season, making piles and burning them. So... With Easter being a week away, we're just about on the cusp of bonfire season. Mm-hmm. Oh, you might have an incinerator in your yard. I'm not sure what the rules are Around with that. your um, regulations as well. And the other thing is I have pathways that are just quite natural. They're mulched or sawdust um, or even sand tracks. And I will dump wheelbarrow loads of the, the leaves and I mow over them. 
and they break down and they look quite acceptable as pathways. I also throw them into the bottom of the chicken pen and they break down into the sand over time. Mm. The the um, chooks or ducks will sort of scratch through them and they will disintegrate over time. So there's yeah. some few suggestions for people. Yeah, no, thank you very much. Okay, we've we've just about killed Bev off out there. <laughs> Thanks, Made listeners. her work for yeah, her money she, today. She certainly is. All right, so what is next? Well, I do have another email. Yeah. I do have a few more and a handwritten letter too. Uh, so this comes from Kerry. Photos of an avocado tree. It got burnt at the beginning of summer with with the new leaves. So a shade cloth was put over it, which did help, and it was looking good. But in the last two to three weeks, it's lost all the old leaves, and the new growth is browning off and looking quite curly. Having looked for the curly leaf worm, there's no sign of it. So I suppose that's the leaf miner. Uh, would you be able to help me know what to do? Well, certainly with avocado trees, they will drop a lot of their older leaves and their older leaves will go brown almost to the point of there's not much leaves left. But then they do put on some new growth. Um, this growth doesn't look fantastic. It looks quite thin. I would monitor it. I would check the soil. They do like a very free-draining soil and they do like it well prepared and they have a very shallow root system. So making sure that it it's well mulched. I would have a dig down and make sure that the moisture is getting to the roots because potentially end of summer, if it's become water repellent, that will be a problem. Uh, so you could apply a wetting agent, uh, a seaweed, compost and mulch and keep an eye on it. If, if it's already got the shade cloth, it should be well protected. It looks like a young tree, but also check what's around it. But yeah, check the water and slow release fertilizer, and then you will have done a good job, I would say. Okay, perfect. All right, well, we do have calls coming through, but I think we'll have a break, give you a breather, and uh, we will answer the calls on the other side. And we also still have the Bigotry $75 gift voucher <laughs> to give away this morning. Yes, a little bit like that. Uh, we'll be looking forward to our Easter break, won't we? <laughs> we will. We'll spend some time in our, in our gardens. Back shortly. Radio. Thank you for your company this morning. 20 minutes to 10 left. At, so that's 20 minutes left, I should say, of Let's Talk Gardening. 20 minutes to 10 at the moment. And coming up at 10 will be George Minoldi with the classic 60s for you as well. Talking of compost, John just came in to tell us there is a special on at the moment where you can get a 61 litre turnable compost tumbler for $50 but we can't tell you where to get it. But it is at one of the supermarket chains. Think of one of the cheap supermarket chains. And German John thinks. German origin yes, origin. And there's a lot around. There's a lot around of this new this store. It's been here for a few years now and it's a how big a tumbler? 61 litre for $50. For $50, yeah. So it's not very big but you, you know, know you, people in the gardener. Yeah, little backyard or courtyard mm. and uh, it would be a good one. You could pop it in your garage or, yeah, around the side of your house or somewhere in the, where it's a bit shady. Mm. So that, in your eyes, is a bargain? Well, that is good a value. bargain. Is it big enough? I mean, it... it go and check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Paul, it was just very timely. 
with our conversation. All it right. wouldn't take too many of my gum leaves, though, but... Yeah, no, the smaller gardens. Nice, I mean, tidy way to have a go. The majority of people don't have acreage, you know, like like mm. we, you know, we just live on suburban blocks, so it might be very palatable. Okay. Yes. All right. Moving right along. Uh, thank you very much to Frank and Kerry who have sent us in a handwritten letter today, which is lovely to receive. It is, and glowing, glowing comments. My wife and I absolutely love your program. Sadly, there are moments that we are unable to listen. Well, I get that feedback too. Some of my <laughs> friends will say, I try listening, but my husband wants to talk to me. Oh, <laughs> so please. they listen to the podcast. Oh, gosh. Um, saying that, a question you may not have had an answer. Um, our front garden at night, at this time of year, abound with cicadas. At first, we thought they were small frogs because of their sound. Is there a pesticide that can be sprayed when they're active that will not kill our plants, which are mostly natives? A couple of roses and kangaroo paws. Your advice or knowledge would be very appreciated. Well, the fact that that the garden is predominantly native plants, but with roses and kangaroo paws, which of course are native, they may not be cicadas. They may actually be the, the mole crickets and... I would be reluctant to spray anything at this stage if they're not damaging the plants. If it's the noise, I would tend to embrace it. You know, I love the insects and I love the frogs. And, of course, a lot of these insects are food for the frogs. Yeah. So we, do, we don't want to harm frogs, reptiles, birds, etc. I I wouldn't be doing it and I haven't been told anything in this letter to say that it's harming the plants hmm. um, it just might be a noise issue but you yeah. know I I sleep with the bedroom window open because I love, love the sound of different things at night there might be a rustling in the leaves the frogs will will be croaking soon you know that weather's turned and they'll be out and about looking for mates um, yeah I just I like the different seasons yeah, I love mm. listening to different sounds at night. Not when I used to live in South Perth, I was near the zoo and I used to hear the lions roaring in the middle of the night and I thought, <sighs> how how magical is this? And, of course, then the monkeys in the morning. Uh, yeah, and it used to echo all around. You'd go out walking early in the morning and you can hear all the monkeys. I, I absolutely adored that. Mm. Yeah, it just makes <sighs> you feel a bit closer to nature. Well, the other thing that sometimes I hear, I'll, I'll go to bed and then I'll think, oh, what's that? And I'll hear this. Boo. Is, that, is that an owl? Yeah. yeah. So I sort of lay there expectant <laughs> of that next that next sound and then when it stops, oh. But I'll, I'll go out with a torch and I'll go hunting. Or well, sometimes it's the frogs squealing and I'm not sure if oh, they're being... Oh, they're being eaten? Well, oh, no, they well make sometimes noise. they get sniffed by a frog and so they, they'll rather squeal. Mm. But, yeah, mm. Mm. <laughs> different things and... And of course, some of the owls will hunt at night, and they, they will do. hunt frogs. Yeah. So, mm. all right. I'm not a wide mouth frog. Do you remember that joke? No, I don't. <laughs> well, I have to brush up on it before I deliver it properly <laughs> and share share that with us. Mm. All right. Now I know we do have some calls coming through. So, do, shall we knock off that last email? Yes. Well, these these are from a little while ago, but always timely. Uh, Robin of Kingsley asks about scale on the plants 
how they get onto your plants. Do they come mm. in with the wind or from other flying bugs? So scale in in this case has just gone right up the stem. It's under the leaves. Now, these are the adult scale that we see, but it is the crawlers that move around and they're, they're like tiny pinpricks and they can move. They move very slowly, but the young come out from under the scale. They're also moved around by ants. So, so go back to that because so I can understand how does scales start? What are they created from? From a crawler. From there, a crawler. There will and be the crawler come, a, where does he come from? From the adult. And is he in the soil or they they fly can they or? can and they can be on the leaf litter. So okay. currently, I've got a native fringe penny mm. and it's covered in scale and mm. they they're on my figs as well. Yeah. So of course, these plants drop leaves. Mm. So you've got all these adult scale insects on the leaves, and the leaves will sit there until they break down if we don't clean them up. Yeah. And then at a certain time, the mm. crawlers emerge, mm. and whoosh off they go. But they're also moved around. By ants. Yes. And that was the other email here. Uh, a picture of a burrow of ants leading to a mango tree. What's the best way to treat it? Well, first of all, let's deal with water repellent soil. And of course, that's a wetting agent and compost and making sure the water is getting into the soil and even reapplying the wetting agent. If it's a granule, watering it until it bubbles up, tickle the soil and go again. Really work it through. Yep, mm -hmm. absolutely. You can create barriers and you can do that with water, but you know what? They just climb on each other's backs and make a chain. And I've done the same thing with Vaseline. So for, for a worm farm, we've actually sat a worm farm with its legs in tubs of water, but the ants manage to overcome do that. They? they make a bridge. Do they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there is a product called Tanglefoot, yeah. And I think they they wrap like a bandage around the trunk of a tree, quite tight, and then they paste. It's like a glue and it's very sticky. So uh, you, you may have to reapply that as well because once the ants stick there, then they can crawl over all the others. So monitoring that. But that's one way of tackling ants mm. without using poisons. Chemicals. Mm. Yeah. No, very, very mm. difficult. All right, now Brenda of Armadale has rung in. She wants us to announce a plant and garage sale at the Heritage Christian Church, which is at 26 Champion Drive, Armadale. Now it's on today, raising fund, ah yes, for the Mukti Mission for Women and Children. I know we've done this before. So there's a plant and garage sale on today at the Heritage Christian Church which is located at 26 Champion Drive in Armadale, raising funds for the Mukti Mission for Women and Children. Get along if you're in the area. And I did also see during the week the Canningvale Markets this week actually have a plant-themed day, activities for the kids as well. Okay. Mm. So much going on out there. Oh. They're, it just gets busier and busier Between every from now year. to the end of the year, certainly mm. once the open gardens recommence and the fairs have already started and, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fabulous. It's exciting. So, yeah, get your diaries by the radio and we'll be delivering to you each week what's on. All it right. gives us something to talk about, doesn't it, Ray? As well. All right. Back shortly. Curtain Radio. 
Welcome back and Let's Talk Gardening was sponsored today by Garden in a Bag. Free delivery when you purchase six bags or more. Okay, Faya Cara. Oh, what have we got here? Oh, lovely photo came in from Kay, the dichondra lawn yeah, that she planted eight Love years it. ago. Looks Never stunning. has weeds. Stunning. She bought two trays and continuously removed runners and replanted to fill gaps. Um, that looks fantastic. And in in this area, it's a, a backyard, so it's a controlled environment. Yeah. I'm still trying to think of what would be um, knowing what what situation an orchard with 23 trees would be in. Like it's an open environment, weeds can blow in. If you've got any open soil, then it's opportunistic for weeds. So growing something that will compete with weeds, I mean, that's a bit of a task in itself. And I, I just think mowing is a, a reasonably easy way Efficient of doing way it. way of managing mm. it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's if you've got a ride on mower, it's not hard to whip up and down the aisles mm. um, in combination with mulch. Mm. But I still would throw in some seed that I, I don't mind growing that actually improves the soil, like an annual seed, like a mustard. Mm. Let it grow and then mow it down. And you've, you've got a mulch mm. and hopefully from then, if you let it flower as well, you may get some of that reseeding, mm. which is better than the weed weeds. Yeah, better for your soil. Mm. Okay, I'm going to give away our $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees. Okay, now as we know, they specialise in frangipanis, ornamental and fruit trees. Fabulous new stock arriving each week and they have received more proteus, leucodendrons and leucospermums this week and also new stock of native frangipanis, plum gorgeous, morea paniculata, blew my mind, macadamia trees, golden shower trees, poinciana and so much more. They've also managed to secure 12 more kilo bags of seeded potatoes which are in very short supply. They have a large collection of camellias in stock in various sizes with a few flowers starting to appear and many budding up for a fabulous display. Treat yourself listeners to a wonderful stroll through Bigger Trees Nursery soon. And you can check out their online options by going to biggertrees.com.au and they have a great Facebook page as well. Now here is John's question. You must be a Curtin FM member not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. According to their song El Condor Pasa, Simon and Garfunkel would rather be a sparrow than a what? According to their song El Condor Pasa, Simon and Garfunkel would rather be a sparrow than a what? 94841927, give Bev a call with that answer and that voucher will be on its way to you this week. Wow, Ray. Another week to Easter. What a great time for gardening. People should be and planting. Out, yeah, planning, planting, preparing, just getting ready. So I wonder who's growing veggies out there. What about you? What veggies should we be looking at at the moment? Well, mine mine are going into pots. Yep, that's um, okay. And they'll what are you going to grow? Ham watered. Uh, we've already planted some snow peas and they, mm-hmm. they've come up. And I will be growing herbs mm-hmm. in pots near the back door and little things, but easy things. I do love beetroot. Yeah, so, and it's one of the best vegetables for you. Well, mm. it's good because 
not much gets to it though having said that, that so? mm. uh, we have a rabbit that jumps up into my raised beds oh, yeah. and it's eaten uh, the tops off my parsley the yarrow uh, I think it's left the basil alone uh, it hasn't touched the rhubarb and my rhubarb will be going into large pots is it just the one rabbit as a culprit or do you think there are I've many? got rabbits in different locations yeah. I've got one that, that I see up near my veggie garden and fig trees I've got another one that has come as far as my little tropical pocket behind the gazebo, but that one likes to feed on the front lawn. Mm. And then I've got another one that comes from the bush out to the new lawn. So, so they're I've regulars. Got holes in my lawn. Yeah, they're regulars. And it's a smorgasbord, right? That you are Well, providing. it is. And I, when I see these holes dug up in my lawn or around the edges, I go, oh. And now Archie, who's 16 months, points and goes, ah. <laughs> he knows Nana's not happy. Oh, he's he's funny. Yeah, he's a copycat. So he yeah. helps me move my hose around and uh, tries to turn on the tap, but water doesn't come out of all of our taps unless unless the bore's on, on. with some of them. Yeah. So that's a bit tricky. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll just. Oh, we already. Oh, Mary of Banjup. Gee, I'm pretty sure Mary's won a voucher before. Good on you, Mary. And maybe you've still got the re- the other one. You put them together, and you're going to have yourself a great uh, shopping spree. So, Mary of Banjup is our winner for the Bigger Tree voucher. And the question was: This is uh, another one of John's quizzes. According to their song, El Condor Passa, Simon and Garfunkel were, would rather be a sparrow than a what? And the answer is they'd rather. Than a snail. Mm. Okay, so thanks everyone for playing with us and uh, certainly enjoy that voucher. And Mary, let us know what you do actually get for it. So just wrapping up today, we uh, will be back after Easter. We're going to have next Saturday off and yeah, we'll be starting all over again. So uh, we're just going to have that long weekend off and uh, we do wish all of you a wonderful Easter and uh, I hope people get to have a break. I went down to Market River for a few days this week, which was very, very nice. Very, very quick down and back and puff. So were you down there when all the rain came or were you home by then? I got home on Thursday evening late. Mm. So, yeah, it was was nice. And it was fresh down in Market River. It was actually cool, of Mm. course, just being that few degrees. Just three hours away out of the city makes all the difference. Flowering down there beautifully, hibiscus, and I saw hydrangeas flowering. Oh. I know, just that different climate, right? Just yes, everything's just yes. a, yeah, so different. And and of course, they have wonderful trees down there, and you can really grow different things in that in that area because it's just that much cooler. And the beautiful trees, mm. uh, tea trees that I saw down there, absolutely just getting ready to flower, stunning. So, do you feel refreshed after a couple of days away, Ray? No, no. <laughs> you meant to. I you need meant more. To go we need. Away I need months, not a few days. Yes, I know, but it doesn't quite work out like that. It's all a little bit rushed. But you know, it's a change of routine and it's a mm. change of scenery. And I think everyone out there appreciates exactly what I am saying. So, thanking the team. We've worked Bev very hard this morning. John Glidden, we always work hard. Thank you for your questions, John. And we love uh, our assist people that assist us so much because uh, we would be nowhere without them. We are, nothing <laughs> we are nothing without them. We are nothing without them. All right, everybody, have a great Easter. Thank you for your company this morning. George Minoldi is next with the classic 60s. I will leave you with our gardenism. Autumn, the season that teaches us that change can be beautiful. Happy gardening, everybody, and happy Easter. Take care of yourself.
We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.